Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride. It is Monday. Happy Monday. I hope you all had a great weekend, and I hope that your week is off to a great start. I want to start this podcast off with a message out there to all the ladies, all the ladies that might have mothered children at some point in their lives. Yes, all the mothers out there, because I know Sunday was Mother's Day, and I do not do a show on Sunday. This is always my Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. And so I wanted to send a quick shout out to all the moms out there, to all the Steelers moms out there. You know, it's funny. I've heard a lot of messages or I've, I've received a lot of messages, I should say, from people that listen to my show with their children. I think that's awesome. And if you're a mother out there that's bringing up your children with the black and gold, because sometimes houses are divided. I've seen where there's a Steeler fan that has to live with a Ravens fan, Steelers and Browns. I'm sure there's others, Steelers and Cowboys. Whatever the circumstance, if you're the female and you're the one that's bringing your kids up the right way with the Pittsburgh Steelers as their pride and joy, good on you. That's all. That's what, I, that's all, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You know, I, I put this out on Twitter on Sunday. I'll say it here as well. I'm fortunate enough that I still have my mom. You know, I mean, uh, I'm 38 years old, and she's still hanging in there. <laughs> if she's listening to this, I'm sure she's getting a chuckle. But, you know, my mom, when I was a kid, uh, a quick story here. When I was a kid, I used to just be infatuated with Pittsburgh sports and all three teams, the Penguins, the Pirates, and the, and the Steelers. And it, it started off mainly – with the Penguins and the Pirates. Because if you recall, I was born in 1983. So when I was 10 in 93, and I was 9 and 10, that was when the Pittsburgh Pirates were amazing. I mean, they didn't win a World Series. I don't want to talk about that because I'll get all sorts of fired up and I'll get angry and then I won't want to really do much the rest of the show. But they were unbelievable. Andy Vance like Bobby Bonilla, Barry Bonds, Doug Drabeck, Tim Wakefield, John Smiley, Bob Walk, Don Slott, Jeff King, Jay Bell, Jose Lean. I could go on. Spanky Lavalier. What a great team. And then you think about the Penguins. They won back-to-back cups with Lemieux and Yager and Ron Francis and Larry Murphy and Alf Samuelson and Shell Samuelson and, and Jimmy Pack and all these Kevin Stevens. And I could go on and on with that as well. And Brian Trottier came to the Penguins it was such a great time to be a Penguins fan and a Pirates fan. And then the Steelers with Bill Cowher taking over in that 92 season. And all of a sudden they started showing signs of life and it looks different. And they have some energy in 94, 95. I'm going to talk about those teams later on in the show in the second segment. But still, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with the Pittsburgh sports scene. And I knew statistics. I would... I would buy baseball cards like in hockey cards like you couldn't imagine. And I still have them. It's all of them. Uh, I have these three-ring binders that have the sleeves for cards, and I have like an entire three-ring binder and nothing but my favorite baseball player, Andy Vance Like. And I used to just stare at the back of the cards and read his stats when he started out with St. Louis with the Cardinals and then on and on and on. And then when Barry Foster in 94, I was obsessed with Barry Foster at number 29 and I'd get all his cards and I'd learn his stats and I would just learn all about it. I loved it. I was was just enamored with this stuff. And my mom used to always tell me, 
why don't you actually do something that could actually help you in life? <laughs> and then she would say, if you could, could only apply what you do with this, like, you know, all these numbers and these statistics and all this stuff, if you could just actually take that and apply it to your schoolwork, my gosh, your grades would be amazing. And you'd be on the honor roll and then you'd eventually get a scholarship to college and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I just don't care about that stuff. And it bothered her I think, for a long time. Uh, but still I've turned this passion into somewhat of a job. And, um, I, I've, I'm glad that now I can say that she has since learned that, you know, she's tolerated me for 38 years and my passion and infatuation with Pittsburgh sports. And I think she's proud of me. The fact that I have turned it into a job and be able to kind of provide for my family with this. So, you know, happy mother's day. I know my mom listens and she's one of my biggest fans, you know, uh, every Tuesday afternoon, evening, 7.30 p.m. locker room. She's normally one of the one of the handful of people that show up and she's one of the first people that tunes in and she stays the whole time. I'm like, she's like the Peyton Manning of my locker room session. She, she loves me more than I know. And, um, I love her right back. So if you have a mother out there, make sure you call them. Even if it's a day late, doesn't matter. Wish them a happy mother's day and to all the mothers out there. Happy mother's day. Hope you had a great day. Uh, you mean a, a great deal to all the kids out there. So make sure you understand that. Okay. Let's talk about this upcoming podcast. And this is a podcast where, I had an article that I wrote, and this went out, I think it was on Friday. Actually, I think it was Thursday, to be completely honest. And I was looking through the comments, and it was about grading the Steelers' 2021 draft class. And I was reading through the comments, and there was a commenter on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way. And he had a really good idea. His idea, which he actually suggested this as a poll, we should run this as a poll in an article is what he was suggesting. I was like, I'm going to do this and turn it into a podcast, though. His was, if you look at the Steelers 2021 NFL draft class, as well as the undrafted free agents that they signed. So they had nine draft picks, eight undrafted free agents. His question was, how many of these 17 players will be starters by year three? Year three. That's 2023. His theory was, and he put this in the comment, that if the Steelers had three to five out of 17, he thinks that would be amazing. And so I I was like, this is a really interesting take. So we're kind of predicting the long-term future of the Steelers 2021 NFL draft class and also the undrafted free agents. I don't want to just restrict it just to those nine players. And so I thought about this, and I looked at the players, and I started off with the nine draft picks. Okay, you should know the nine picks already in case you don't. Round one, Najee Harris. Round two, Pat Fryermuth. Round three, Kendrick Green. Round four, Dan Moore and Buddy Johnson. Round five, Isaiah Loudermilk. Round six, Quincy Roche. And round seven, Trey Norwood and Presley Harvin. And then with the undrafted rookie free agents, we had Shakur, Shakur Brown, cornerback out of Michigan State, Calvin Bondage, uh, linebacker from Oklahoma State, Rico I think it's Bussy, wide receiver from Hawaii, Mark Gilbert, cornerback out of Duke, Isaiah McCoy, wide receiver out of Kent State, Donovan Stiver, safety out of Florida, Lamont Wade, safety out of Penn State, and Jamar Watson, linebacker from Kentucky. So those are your 17 players. And so the question was, again, in year three, how many of these players will be starters? 
Now, starting in general, you can ask Dave Schofield this. He'll gladly tell you. Starting is a very general term in football. And what he means by that, and I what I mean by that, is that you might not start a game, but you might play the lion's share of the snaps. Let's say the Steelers come out and they have a one one wide receiver set. That's their first play from scrimmage. They have two tight ends, one wide receiver, a fullback, and a tailback. Well, now all of a sudden, if you're someone like, let's say, Deontay Johnson, because Juju Smith-Schuster is probably that one wide receiver, if you're Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, you do not get credited as a game start. But you probably came in in the second play, and you probably played the majority of the game after that. And so when you look at it that way, game starts is a little bit It's a little bit of a gray area. We'll put it that way. And so I'm going to basically say starters is someone that plays the vast majority of the snaps. It does not mean that they have to be out on the field when the first play is taken on in their respective group, meaning if they're offense or defense. All right. So this commenter said if they get three to five, he would say it would be a great draft class. And so I looked at it. Well, I think right off the bat, you have two, maybe even three that are gimmies. You know, if you're a golfer, that's inside the that's a shot that's inside the leather. That's a gimme. Gimme, pick it up. Guarantee. That's Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. Those two, because remember, these will still be their rookie contracts in year three. Those two, in my opinion, guaranteed to be starters. Because I think they're going to be starters this year, let alone three years from now. So, okay, there's two. Right off the bat, there's two. I think there's a third. Now, this is going to come down, they have to win the job. But if this player can win the job and win the camp battle, there's three right off the bat. And that's Presley Harvin, the punter from Georgia Tech, the big guy, 260. Big guy, big leg. He has to beat out Jordan Berry. If he can do that, then I absolutely think he's still going to be the Steelers punter. I mean, it would have to be a, I wouldn't say a monumental collapse, but you would have to have him really pull a Dustin Colquitt, we'll put it that way, to have him not be the the starter in three years. Because the Steelers found a guy who has a big leg, does everything that they want to do from the punter position, can hold for the kicker. Why wouldn't he still be the punter? So keep that in mind. So I think that's three right off the bat. So this commenter said three to five, and he'd be ecstatic. So then you look at Kendrick Green. He might start this year at center. If he can show that he is capable of not just learning the system, but really playing center at the NFL level and bringing that nasty that everyone talks about, then by all means, I think that that could be a fourth. And again, I'm talking about 2021, not necessarily three years from now. Because out of those four players that I just mentioned, Harris, Fryermuth, Green, and Harvin, if they start in year one, it would take a, an injury or a fall from grace for them to not be starting in 2023. And when you realize that, you're just like, man, this, yeah, that, that I, I can't say that. I, I'm trying my best to think, with, why would they not be a starter then? I can't think of one. So now we're at four. Now we're at four. So here are some players, though, that I would say they might not be starting year one, but I think by year three, they are going to be starting for multiple reasons. I'm going to say Buddy Johnson, fourth-round pick from Texas A&M, will be starting in year three, and he'll be next to Devin Bush on the inside, and I think that's going to be a heck of a duo. If you read the article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com written by our own Kevin Smith, or Cliff Harris is still a punk as he goes on the website, 
Buddy Johnson could be the, the linebacker that takes over for Vince Williams in 2022, let alone 2023. The other fourth-round pick, Dan Moore Jr., I think he, too, could be a starter at one of the tackle positions by year three. So let's say that my assumptions are correct. Just from the drafted players, we have one, two, three, four, I said we'll start in this, six players. Six players that I think could be starters by their third year. So what about the other ones like Trey Norwood? Could be. He could fill that Mike Hilton role. I just don't know enough, haven't seen enough to think that that's a, that, that could happen. Quincy Roche, again, you're going to be behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. I don't see the Steelers getting rid of either of those players anytime soon. Isaiah Loudermilk is a big-time project. Big-time project. So I'm not about ready to say that he's going to be starting in year three. But still, six. Let's look at the undrafted free agents now. A little bit tougher to pick what's going to happen here. But if we know anything about the Steelers, it's that they are not going to be the type of organization that is not going to give an undrafted free agent an opportunity to not just make the team, but to play. When you think about it, you think about some of these names of these players that have been undrafted free agents that have come into the Steelers organization, they've stuck around, they've played, and some have turned into starters. Think about Ramon Foster, undrafted out of Tennessee. B.J. Finney, undrafted out of Kansas State. Look at Mike Hilton. Now, he was not picked up by Pittsburgh out of Ole Miss. I think he was picked up by Jacksonville, spent some time in New England, then found his way to Pittsburgh, and he never left until he hit his first stint in free agency, and now obviously he's with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm looking at the defensive backs here and maybe a wide receiver. And again, I do think that there's a chance. So I look at Shakur Brown from Michigan State because there were some people that thought he could actually be drafted this year as early as the fifth round, and it didn't happen. But he has he has some clout to his name. I want to make that very clear. Do some homework. We're going to be running Dave Schofield, the co- other co-editor behind the Steel Curtain. He is going to be running a eight articles that are going to break down the undrafted free agents. He hasn't gotten to the defensive backs yet, but he's going to be doing one at a time just to kind of give people a feel for what exactly they got in that specific player. He already started with Jamar Watson from Kentucky, and I think he's going to start going into some other players and other positions this week. But Brown, the cornerback from Michigan State, is a player that I could see not just making the team, but could eventually become, say, a starter. Look at James Pierre from last year, right along that same path. I think Isaiah McCoy, Kent State, Shannon White, who's a writer for Behind the Steel Curtain, wrote a great article about him. He has potential, and if there's a team that could say, hey, maybe you spend a year on the practice squad, and then when we have an opening, if Juju Smith-Schuster leaves, if James Washington leaves, he might be able to fill that void. You just never know. And then also I think uh, Lamont Wade, safety from Penn State, could also be a player that they look for if or when Terrell Edmonds decides to leave. Let's just say that two of the undrafted free agents are players that stick around, but don't just stick around, but actually turn into starters. And before you laugh, remember, there are a bunch of names, and Matt Filer's another one, that have been undrafted free agents that have come in and turned themselves into starters. Not just depth pieces, starters. So let's just say two. I'm not going to give you specific names. I talked about a couple, but let's just say two out of those eight. Now all of a sudden, you have a total of the 2021 NFL draft and the eight undrafted free agents. We're talking about eight players out of 17 that could potentially be starters in year three. If that happens, 
And I think it could. I just went over it. I think it could happen. If that happens, what a draft class this would be. What a draft class this would be. Just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So I want to give a shout out to, I I wish I had his name here, uh, the commenter. But if if he listens to the podcast, he's probably sitting there listening saying, wait a second, that sounds, wait a second, I said that. I want to thank you for giving me this idea because I thought it was a great exercise to kind of go through and talk this out. Not just look at this year, because I know this this year is important. It absolutely is important. But looking down the road, year three, how many of these players will be starters? He said three to five. I think it's going to be a lot higher than that. When you look at all the variables, not just this individual player and their potential, but look at the position that they play, look at who's in front of them on the depth chart, looking at where that depth chart is going to be in three years. Look at tackle. Chuksakorfor is in the final year of his contract. Zach Banner signed a two-year deal. Dan Moore is set up to take over. He is set up to take over. He just has to prove it. He just has to prove it. So there you have that, folks. All right, hey, it was a good exercise. When we come back in the second half, I'm going to be talking about a little bit of an impromptu Q&A that I did over the weekend. Some of my Ride or Die crew gave me some really good topics to discuss. We're going to talk about it right after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another uh, segment, I guess if you want to call it that, of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I said that over the weekend, I think it was Saturday night, putting my kids to bed, have five children, so you, you know, doing the rounds takes a while. You go in, you, all of my daughters, we have this handshake that we do every night, you know, we're, we, we look like baseball players that are giving each, like giving each other love after you hit a home run. And so you got to go up, you got to give him a hug, give him a kiss, do the handshake. Good night. Love you. Okay. Next one, do the hug. Get the, and so I've, after I finished all that, I'm sitting down I'm like, you know what? I have got some time. I actually have some time for once. Let's talk about the Steelers. I got on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at J Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T. And give me a follow. And I just put, Hey, I've got a few minutes. If you want to talk about the Steelers, let's do it. Let's talk about the Steelers. I had a lot of people comment, and so I was trying to quote tweet everyone so that they could get some love from the people that follow me, and maybe they get some followers or something like that. But still, I thought they had some great questions. And so when I was thinking about what to talk about today, I wanted to talk about the predicting the long-term future of the, the 2021 NFL draft class, but also I wanted. I was like, these are just such good topics. I want to pick a couple to talk about uh like for instance seth ranson he said what are, who are your top three players you're looking forward to watching during the preseason what a great question the top three players that i'm looking forward to so i didn't take a lot of time to be honest with you i didn't take a lot of time to think about it but my immediate thought was i went back to the 2020 draft class i because we didn't get to see those players in the preseason so i said antoine brooks jr anthony mcfarland and then i really want to see presley harvin the third uh the punter and, I, and he, he wrote back and said, well, I would, that's, he's, I agree with all those, but I would put uh, Dwayne Haskins on that. I said, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about Dwayne Haskins. I would absolutely add him to my list if I were doing it again. I said, he's definitely top five, but it's a great point. 
you know, players that we're looking forward to seeing in this season, this year's preseason. Who would have ever thought we'd be asking this question? But I'm excited to watch some of these players in the preseason. You know, I mean, it's it's just one of those situations where I, I think that we were deprived of it last year, but not so much we were deprived of it, but the players were deprived of it as well. All right, next question came from Shield91. He's a longtime listener of the program. He also follows us on our YouTube channel. He said, I've been thinking about the other Watt lately. He's talking about Derek. He says, I'm curious to see how they utilize him aside from special teams this season. And my answer to him was, I I don't know what they're going to do with him. We don't know what Matt Canada's offense with the Steelers is going to look like. We can look back at his college time, whether it's at NC State, LSU, Maryland, any other place that he coached for a cup of coffee, and wonder, like, okay, well, maybe he's going to do this, or maybe he's going to do that. The reality of the situation is we just don't know. We don't know at all. So I just don't see the Steelers using a fullback a lot. Now, if they want to use him as more of an H-back, because Derek Watt has shown he can catch the football, then maybe they use him more. But at the same time, I'm just not expecting it. And it's a bad contract. I still think it's a bad contract. Um, so that's just that's just the way I feel. I just don't think they're going to use Derek Watt that much. And, and we're going to look back on this and say, although it's a great story that TJ and Derek were together, boy, that was a big deal for a player that is only a special teams player. Okay, the next question came from Steelers 480. Um, he said he feels that Alex Highsmith is far ahead of where Dupree was in his first year. He said everyone's freaking out about him, meaning Dupree, being gone. Am I the only one that feels this way? And I thought about this and said I'm honestly not that worried about Highsmith, as, especially as a pass rusher. Alex Highsmith is going to be able to get to the quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt about that. My concern, there's two parts of my concern, not just for Highsmith, but for the outside linebacker position. The first is depth. Their depth is atrocious. If you are going to go into the season and you're going to say, we're fine, our depth's fine, we have Watt, we have Highsmith. If you're saying you've got the Pokemon King, Cassius Marsh, and rookie Quincy Roche, and that's your depth, you're setting yourself up for failure. They've. I feel like they have to make a move and bring in a pass rusher. I'm not sure who. I brought up Ryan Kerrigan before. I'm not sure if Melvin Ingram is a fit, but still, there's players out there. There are players out there to be had at the position. I'm worried about the depth. I'll tell you the second area I'm, I'm a little concerned, and that is run-stopping. Bud Dupree had a bad rap for a lot of years. Everyone said, oh, he's this freak of an athlete, but he just can't get to the quarterback. He doesn't have the the pass-rushing moves that can really, you know, he doesn't have the bend. When Joey Porter left, when Joey Porter got fired, that's when Bud Dupree started to turn it on. And according to everyone that's, you know, at practices and things like that, they said Keith Butler basically said, just go get him. Do what you do. Be fast, be physical, that doesn't mean they weren't working on the technical side of pass rushing. But outside of that, Bud Dupree had turned into a really good run defender. He became so smart, and I think he probably learned this from T.J. Watt, to be honest with you, at crashing down the line of scrimmage and making an impact play, stopping the run from behind. He also got a, he was really good at setting the edge, and that is taking your offensive lineman, pushing him upfield, and turning that running back in to all the other defenders and not letting him get outside. He became really good at those aspects of the game. That's where I think Highsmith might struggle 
Alex Highsmith, although he's a really good player and I think he's going to be great, he's still just not there yet for me. And I look at this and say, if there's an area where he can improve, it's not as a pass rusher. It's not working on the spin move or, you know, whatever move he finds to be his bread and butter. It's more, can he be a well-rounded player? If he's following TJ Watt's lead, I have no concern at all. But there is a little bit of concern there. Just being completely honest, there's a little bit of concern there. A uh, great question from Brian Haynes. He said, this is not really related to this season. What was your favorite non-Super Bowl Steelers team that you were alive for? And I was like, okay. So I was born in 83, like I said at the beginning of the show. And that tells me that, it should tell you, not me. All those 70s teams I've only read about and heard stories from my father. Uh, and I had a lot of people on Twitter say that the 76 Steelers were by far the the best team that didn't win a Super Bowl. That defense was legendary. And they, they didn't win it. They didn't win it all that year. So for me, I thought about it and I said, you know what? I'm going to go 94-95. Those two teams were the teams, I've said this on multiple shows before, it was at 94-95, those teams that really caught me. And they, they grabbed me and they brought me in. It was like I, I was a fish and I just got the hook, line, and sinker. Because before that, like I said at the beginning of the show, I was so into the Pirates and the Penguins because, let's be honest, at that time, they were the more successful of the three. It was the Steelers that at the tail end of the Chuck Noll era were struggling. It's not that they didn't win games, but they weren't winning Super Bowls. They weren't really competing for championships. It wasn't until Bill Cowher comes in and in 94, they go to the AFC Championship game. That was a gut punch because that was a really good team, a great defense. We're talking Greg Lloyd. That was a Barry Foster year. Kevin Green, Carnell Lake, Rod Woodson. They go to the AFC Championship game, and it's an absolute stunner when Stan Humphreys, Junior Seau, and the San Diego Chargers come into Three River Stadium, and they beat the Steelers at home. But that was a great season. It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And then, and this is when they're still going for the one for the thumb. And then in 1995, we all know the story about the AFC Championship game against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, the comeback kid, almost brings him back. There's that Hail Mary at the end of the game, which looks like it was completed in the end zone, but it falls to the turf. They go on to play the Cowboys in Arizona in Super Bowl 30, and they lose that game, and that was a tough one to swallow, but those two teams were magic. That was just two seasons were magical. I did obviously not the way, the way that they ended, but still, he's talking about non-Super Bowl teams. And then the last one I listed was 2004. That's Roethlisberger's rookie year. Talk about a magic season. They had finished 15-1. and one. And That was the season they beat the likes of the Eagles back when the Eagles were dominant. They beat the Patriots with Tom Brady and everybody. Uh, it was just a phenomenal season. And then to have it end the way that it did against New England at home. That's the thing. That's the ongoing theme with all these teams is that they all lost in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. And they were all at home. They were all at home. And that was just really, really difficult. But still, those were the teams that I was I, I really did think were just awesome. They were awesome. Uh another question from Brian was Do I think that the Steelers Super Bowl window is still open? And this is something that a lot of people I feel like are kind of flipping things with. Last season they said it's totally open. Totally open. Let's go. And now all of a sudden this year, they've shut it. They said, nope, window's closed. And I I was th- thinking about it more so today as I was getting ready for the podcast. Well, what's changed? If you thought it was open in 2020, 
what has changed so much in 2021 that you would say it's now closed? Now, you might have said it was closed last year, in which case that's fine. But if you were someone that said, oh, it's wide open in 2020, well, what's changed? Is it because Bud Dupree's gone? Is it because Matt Filer's gone? Is it because Alejandro Villanueva's gone? Is it because Mike Hilton's gone? I don't know. Everyone else is back. <laughs> we all thought that Juju Smith-Schuster was going to be gone. He's back. Cam Sutton, he's back. All these guys are back. Now, Steven Nelson's gone. That wasn't a free agent loss. That was a cap casualty. But I just look at this situation and say that, in my opinion, as long as the defense is good, and I think this defense is going to be good, and as long as Ben Roethlisberger's there and playing at a pretty good He's looking at a, at a pretty good season because I think last year, outside of the way it ended, he had a great year. And he's going to have a year where he can really train and get his body right. He's not have to worry about the elbow as much. As long as Ben's playing at a high level and the defense is good, they're going to be in plenty of games where they can win. And they still have a ton of talent. They still have a ton of talent. I think that this draft class is going to elevate. It's going to elevate them. It's going to make them better. So, again, I think the, I think that... Super Bowl window is wide open. Still do. So look, it, I thought that this, I, I know I chose these topics from, and I don't want to do another mailbag. I, that'll be on Tuesday. I'll put that out on Twitter. But I've had a great time communicating with a lot of my ride or die crew on Twitter. And I was like, you know what? These, these people bring up some really great ideas. So if you ever have a topic or something that you would want me to talk about, it could, it could be, Jeff, what was your first jersey? I'll talk about it. Hit me up on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Send me an email. Uh, you can go to the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You'll find an article that has my name under it. Click on my name, and you'll find all my contact information in regards to email, Twitter handle, all that. Send me an email. I'd be glad to talk about it especially if you want me to talk about it. So if you have a topic that's on that you've been thinking about, I wonder what Jeff thinks about this. Let me know. Be glad to talk about it. All right, that does it for this Monday show. I hope you all have enjoyed it as much as I did because I thought this was a fun one. Happy Mother's Day again to all those mothers. Hope you had a great weekend. And guys, if you have a mother out there, if you have a wife that is a mother to your children, hopefully you treated them well. They deserve it. Absolutely, they deserve it. That's it. As we always finish it out, folks, remember BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow so that you don't miss a thing. For all of you that are on iTunes that have already gone out, I checked the other day. We had a lot more ratings, a lot new, a lot of new comments. I appreciate you for doing that. It helps with our exposure. You have no idea. We have climbed all the way to the top. Number one in terms of Steelers on iTunes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we got to keep them coming. Because we got to keep those wolves at bay, if you know what I mean. Keep those wolves at bay. So thank you very much. All right. How as we always ended? Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. We'll be back on Wednesday. Take it easy. Go Steelers.